Welcome to Doing Good Business, the podcast where personal and professional development meet. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach and talent acquisition consultant, and I'm joined every week by my co-host, Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, training you to bring positive business practices into any company. Doing Good Business is the podcast that teaches you that doing good business is not only possible, it's profitable. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Doing Good Business. Today, Kelly and I are going to talk about getting outside the box, and we're feeling pretty qualified to talk about that today because we we actually, we just took this podcast outside the box, and we had on April 29th our very first live podcast event, so stay tuned. That was actually an amazing panel discussion with four leaders who were talking about culture and bringing a culture mindset to work. So our next two episodes you're going to hear are going to be those outside-the-box podcasts. It's actually that live event, which was over an hour broken into two episodes. But today, today <laughs> we're going to talk about getting outside the box. And uh, Kelly, start us off. What is outside the box in uh, in your world? Sure, absolutely. And well, we heard a lot about this, you know, yesterday at our our podcast, mm-hmm. which were people that were really thinking differently, mm-hmm. right? So that's what it is. It, it's thinking outside of the box. You know, I always have to provide people with the background when I can. It's a reasoning framework. So it's really about thinking. It's not about problem solving. It goes back to the 1970s and 80s. The management consultants of the day were trying to get people to think a little differently, rewire those neural networks that we talk mm-hmm. about a lot here by there were nine dots on a piece of paper and then you had to let me make sure I get this right. Link all of the, the dots using four straight lines or fewer without lifting the pen and without tracing the same line more than once. So it had to like, people had to come up with all different shapes. If you like, look at this online, Google it, you'll see all of like the different options, but they're very clever ways of looking past the obvious. Right? Love it. And most people look at the obvious and mm-hmm. that's where they try to then solve their problem from. So, um, Two points, though, super important. You have to make sure you're solving the right problem. Always good because we don't really want to solve for a problem that nobody cares about. Right. That doesn't make us money because we're in business. In our rush about world, mm-hmm. right? And with our good intentions, we're putting on our capes and we're going to go solve that problem. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we have a real hyper focus on problem solving. Um, and but results. If you're, yes. And if mm-hmm. you're solving the wrong problem, guess Your what? results so, Exactly. <laughs> you're absolutely right. So, um you know, the example that I use on that, and you've heard me say this is, you know, people have problems, the companies that are really struggling, because not all do, but the ones that are struggling to attract and retain talent, grow revenue, and um, innovate, are the ones that are not incorporating the social society builder paradigm, Mm, right? So they're trying to solve the problem of talent and revenue and Mm -hmm. innovation, Mm -hmm. but the problem is they're not incorporating all of this throughout their organization. So it's really the opportunity is to know how, when, and where to incorporate that. So you have to solve the right problem. Second thing, can't emphasize it enough because I already said it. It's about thinking. It's not about solving. And in contemporary That's terms, a paradigm shift. right, we would call this being messy. Mm. This is not the linear approach to problem solving or implementation. Mm-hmm. This is really the creative, iterative, even sometimes emotional way mm-hmm. in which we think about things. So there's Orion, <laughs> my cat walking by in case you heard her. Um, she still clearly agrees with me. Yeah. No, I like messy. And, and you had said a couple minutes ago, talent, and that perked my ears up. And mm-hmm. I was at a talk recently on, it was actually a diversity and inclusion talk, but the woman was speaking about talent acquisition and she was talking about mm-hmm. how, 
you know, companies are, you know, obviously looking to increase their inclusion, increase their diversity footprint within the organization. And she's made the same point that you're making. We've got to think outside the box. We've got to solve a different problem. She said, Mm -hmm. I'm a woman of color. I'm a member of a church that every Sunday gets 5,000 members to attend. Right. Would you maybe think some of them would need a job? Would you maybe want to get your job in front of 5,000, you know, members of a different community than maybe you're employing right now. Like that really stuck with me as outside the box thinking, look, I spent over a decade in talent acquisition and never once did it occur to me to do things like that. You know, people think that they're going to do, they'll go old school and we're going to do right top down. Yes. Yes. Problem straight line Mm -hmm. to solution. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not always like that. It's not because you drive up any major road, at least in the Philadelphia area. And you see all of the trades companies signs out front hiring. Hiring. Now you drive past a truck driver, an 18 wheeler on the highway. And it says, you know, there's ads on the back hiring Mm -hmm. drivers are, are, you know, 90% of your nights at home. These are all very linear, old school ways that nobody's going outside the box, right? Nobody's going to right. a physical location and talking to a segment of a population mm-hmm. that may need a job, mm-hmm. but isn't going to be spending their nights on Indeed, isn't mm-hmm. going to be, Absolutely. you know, like going and looking up and down the street for the ads, maybe isn't even, you know, able to fill out an application on a computer. You know, what do we do with those people? We need to take we need to go outside the box with our hiring practices and adapt to the market, especially right now. And I think you, you know, you hit on some of this. And I think the, the person you were describing that scenario about the church, they hit on this too. And, you know, we talk about it, you know, it's my workshop. It's that whole, what if you could, you yeah. have to ask good questions. So if you've got a hiring problem, mm-hmm. right, you can't attract talent and you know, there are people who need jobs. Yeah. At some point you have to start asking good questions. They don't have to be tough questions. Right. They just have to be good questions. And the good question is, as you alluded to, where are these people looking for the jobs? Uh-huh. What time do they look for jobs? What would stop them from looking at looking for a job? Like, do they think they're not qualified? Do they have transportation issues? Uh-huh. I might have mentioned this once before, but there's a great cleaning company. I can't remember the name out in Ohio. And they figured out that um, a lot of their people were leaving like they they were trying to rush to get out of work by 445 mm. and some people management consultants would think <laughs> that that's a performance issue yeah it wasn't if they missed that bus they weren't able to pick their children up from daycare yeah and they were charged extra money mm-hmm. right so the this progressive leader of this company said well this is easy mm-hmm. we're gonna hire a van and her husband was her business partner he said quite frankly i didn't like the idea of them standing out waiting for the buses anyway yeah so that's what they did oh. they bought their own van wow they painted it and then after he drove the bus for a while, the van. And then after a while, they hired somebody Mm -hmm. to do that. But you have to ask the good questions. Why are they doing that? And take out the whole us against them Mm -hmm. mentality, right? Which was one of the points our panelists brought up in the live podcast. Yes, that was a really big point. So listen for that in, you know, the whole us versus them mentality. And, you know, you're thinking about um, the example that you just gave of the bus. And I think back Mm -hmm. to last week's episode with Kristen Donnelly, who shared the reason her father started adopting open hiring policies was because his factory was in an underemployed neighborhood in Philadelphia and the people that were in that neighborhood couldn't get work and they couldn't find people to do the work. So they shifted and they went outside the box and they Mm -hmm. started, you know, hiring differently. And it has led to immense retention. It has led to, you know, an entire business practice for now a, a family of companies, not just the one. And it all started with, trying to solve for a different problem, right? 
trying to not like, well, let me run another ad. Let me, you know, and looking at it differently. Yeah. Right. Albert Einstein. Yes. Right. That's why he valued curiosity mm-hmm. and imagination. Right. Well, okay. this is why companies need to bring you Kelly Stewart in to do a, what if you could workshop? <laughs> because no, like, I will say, you know, most of my clients and it gets so we are so stuck in our own weeds mm-hmm. that we cannot see anything else. Mm-hmm. And I say this to my clients all the time. They feel badly for like sometimes the simplicity of the solutions. Right. And it's, you know, I can't walk away from my computer because I work at home. I'm constantly checking my email. Okay, great. Turn it off. Right. You know what I mean? Turn right. it off. And it's so, like, duh, so why didn't I think of that? No, That's not outside the box, but we can't mm-hmm. see it. You know, to my point, companies can't see the new problems that they could be solving or the new directions that they could be going, which is why, you know, what if you could is such a powerful exercise. Well, I think because we've been conditioned, right? Mm-hmm. So two things, like I said, we're conditioned on problem solving mm-hmm. and we value strategic implementation mm-hmm. more than we value strategic thinking. Agreed. Right. Because everybody's on that. We Cause I can't like, measure get it thinking. Out, get it out. We want to be a unicorn, right? We want to, Okay, no, right? And right, it's very hard. Not only is it hard to measure strategic thinking, it's typically kind of um, identified or put in the same category as that, you know, that art stuff. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah. art stuff is actually very important right. because when you mix different colors together and come up with something that has more depth than any one of those colors could have had on their own, mm-hmm. that's thinking differently, yeah. right? That's having a, a different eye for that. And um, so I think that's really important. And I think the strategic implementation part, if I'm not repeating myself, is just now envision everybody on the wheel. Like, you yeah. know how we used to have factories and everybody was just in there. It was, mm-hmm. it was the production line. Well, now mm-hmm. we've done the production line, but it's just in all of these these outputs and metrics that may not mean anything right. if they're not tracking to actually solving the right problem. Exactly. And it's, you know, creatively, we don't look, you know, how often do we evaluate the metrics that we're tracking? Right. You know, have you started tracking right. anything different in the last five years? Exactly. Maybe that's your challenge and, for the week. If your meaningful? metrics haven't evolved, mm-hmm. take a look at your metrics. Maybe that's your, mm-hmm. what if you could for the week or your, your think outside the mm-hmm. box, like, are my metrics even meaningful? Like, what is it that I care about as a leader, as mm-hmm. a business owner, as a corporate, you know, on a board, whatever, right. what is it that I care about and what am I measuring? And is there a gap there? Right. Are they representative of each other or mm-hmm. do, am I just measuring some stuff because my predecessor measured it and now I measure it because that's what somebody told me to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it happens. Again, it happens all the time. It's about conditioning yeah. and thinking outside of the box is breaking that conditioning. Mm-hmm. And someone who really understood that and understood the, the brain connection to that mm-hmm. was, um, Yes. Orion understands it. Exactly. Yeah, she's she our third guest that, today. She's our emphasis mm-hmm. on that was Edward de Bono. So he okay. did a lot of work, he, uh, pioneering work in this lateral thinking. Mm. And again, this is, you know, it's the remix. I'm just going to call it that. <laughs> but you know what? You do see it in the arts. You also see it in dance. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a box step in dance and, and there's Learned geometry. Learned that from my wedding. FYI, geometry in dance and in that box step. So mm. it's about reimagining that geometry and making it work in a yeah. sequence that works as part of a larger piece of dance, which mm-hmm. is also my shameless plug for why we should keep the arts curriculum going, in, oh, yeah. in especially in our public schools oh, yeah. where it's being cut. Because that's that kind of diverse thinking. Yes. That when we include those people who think like that into our organizations, we're better off for it. Well, not even to mention childhood development. Like it's so clear to me that higher education is not reading or caring about a single paper on childhood brain development and early childhood development, because 
Brains don't develop when you force kids to sit in a desk for eight exactly. hours a day. I mean, I don't know exactly. how to make it any more simple than that. And linear is good, right? There's there's definitely a, there's a place for we've it. We've clearly there's made the place. we right. We have right. made the case for linear thinking over the, right. the last umpty ump years. Right. right. It sounded like my grandmother. And um, <laughs> but and there is a place for that, but now we can't do that to the exclusion right. of the creative thinking. And so this Edward de Bono, I mean, this is going back 20, 30 years, maybe mm-hmm. even longer that he started this. So he authored six thinking hacks. I don't know if I wasn't familiar with the book. No, I don't know until it either. Very recently. But what I like about it is couldn't sum it all up right now, but he's got some handy dandy tools for Yay, everyone to tools. use. And I thought it would be super helpful to share uh, some of those here. You and I spoke about one before. We started recording because I just was blown away by this. You need idea generating tools. This does not happen mm. to your point at a desk mm-hmm. with a pencil mm-hmm. in your hand. This happens when you're out on a walk, when you're driving your car, when you're in the shower, when you're making a meal. Right. Even, right. For me, it happens on the massage table. I get the best business ideas after I have a massage. Exactly, right. Your brain has a chance to slow down your and brain not deliver. Has a chance to do something like this. Yeah. If you need an idea generating tool. You have to break through your current thinking patterns. That's what we were describing. Mm -hmm. He gives an example of using a randomly chosen word such as nose. Okay. And applying that to an office photocopier. (laughs) Now, there's nothing, right? You'd be like, what? Yeah. Because we've been conditioned to identify that problem and see that straight line to the solution, right? Right. That gap analysis, right? All Mm -hmm. that kind of good stuff. But this actually led to the idea that the copier could produce a lavender smell when it was low on paper to alert the staff. That's crazy. Right? Random word. Pick out a random word. Oh, my God. If you have dictionary.com or you're like me and you love words and you have a dictionary near your desk, just pick it out. You're stuck for an idea. Flip through that Uh and say, what does this have to do? What can I create in my mind to make the connection with this? That's creative thinking. I want to know your second tool because I have a tool that I use with my clients that I want to oh, share. Well, so, no, 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 bring it. Because uh, I've got Debona. You have to jump in now. All right, I'm jumping in now. And then we're back to yeah, Debona. Mr. Debona has, has four tools. <laughs> so, and it goes back to neural pathways, which is mm-hmm. what kind of sparks this connection in my neural pathways, yeah. which was that we all get stuck. So, negativity bias, I talk about yeah. it all the time. Yeah. We are conditioned because for negative thinking, right? Get positivity bias. Exactly. Going. And while I would like to say that I have a crystal ball, I don't. I can't make my millions through my crystal ball predicting skills. But what I can do is give you like the simplest, most ridiculous trick to get out of that negative pathway. So you're spiraling down, maybe you're you're preparing to do a big talk and mm-hmm. maybe you've got some like stage fright or performance anxiety and you're like, everyone's going to hate me or nobody's going to show up or I'm right. going to fumble and it's going to be ridiculous and no one's ever going to take me seriously and I'm never going to get a promotion. And you go all the way down the spiral to right. like, you've eventually, you know, like lost your job in your home. And so you're, you're on the pathway, right? That's right. where you're, you're headed. Yep. The very simplest thing that I like to tell my clients to do is say, what else is possible? And it's very similar to your workshop idea, but the prompt is very personal. And I say, get crazy with it. Like, what if the person that introduced you to give that talk was dressed as a panda and had balloons that they handed you on the stage? What if every single person in that audience came to you afterwards and wanted to work on your team? What if the president of your company came to you afterwards and said, we want you to do our radio spot advertisements because you have such a great stage presence. Like get insane with it because the exercise is not about predicting the future. The exercise is about neuroplasticity and getting out of that habituated negative thought process, Mm -hmm. getting out of the box of everything Mm -hmm. that you currently do. 
get crazy with it and start to see what happens. If nothing else, your mood will change and your anxiety and your stress will drop yes. because you're not doing the same old th- and thinking that's pattern. that's a perfect example of why it's messy. Right. It's creative. Right. Because nobody wants it. Because it sounds idiotic. And look, mm-hmm. I've had plenty of eye rolls and I am a big girl and I can handle the eye rolls if you want to give it to me, but it's the exercise works. You just right. have to be willing to, you have to be willing it's to a different it. kind of discomfort, right? There yes. is a certain level of discomfort that comes from fear and being in a negative thought pattern. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole other level of discomfort that comes from trying something new. And I will tell you, Socrates yes. also said that it is only the unknown where the new ideas come from. Amen. And, and even in your mm-hmm. remix of things that do not necessarily, one of these things does not belong here, right? Mm-hmm. In the remix of all of that, that's creating some unknown, right? Yep where the new ideas can spring from. So like Dr. Debona, I don't know if he's Dr. We'll call him Mr. But (laughs) I'm going to start calling you Laura DeHeca because you were in the realm there. Oh, fun. A focus tool. We did not compare notes before recording this podcast. Lovely ladies and gentlemen of the audience, ladies, gentlemen, and folks of the audience. That, um, opening your mind to new possibilities in the search for new ideas. Mm. And the example that I had on this um, is you're, you're going, you're going to the places where nobody has ever bothered with Mm -hmm. in business, right? Because that's where the opportunity is. So I'm sure I've said this before for, for example, all shoemakers, this is my message to you. (laughs) 60% of people have one foot that's larger than the other. I do. It's my last included. Mm -hmm. And 80% of the people who have one foot larger than the other, it's their left foot. Like you and me. Get out. Exactly. Now, the commonly accepted prescription for this is just to fit the larger foot. Suck it up. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's the answer. Right. Fit the larger foot. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm here to tell you, I have never had a a good pair of, you know, well-fitting shoes. Right. Good-fitting shoes. I have ill-fitting shoes. And I have one that always hangs off on the right. Uh And I thought, it's 2019. Mm -hmm. Shoemakers, go where people haven't bothered to go. You have... 3D printing, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Create a different type of orthotic. Right. Because I don't need, apparently, when I looked into this, there's uh, <laughs> people who really do need to order two different size shoes. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm very thankful I don't have to do that. But still, I don't have a comfortable fitting mm-hmm. orthotic for that. So take that mm-hmm. into consideration because it's 2019. Yeah. It's 60% of the people yeah. out there. That That's would, a like, big part of the audience. It's a big, yeah. big part of that. All right. Oh, my gosh. So, tool number three. Awesome. <clears throat> I feel like I'm teaching school today. I like it. I'm learning from Kelly and I'm just offering (laughs) visuals of panda costumes and balloons while we're learning. I love this. No, because we did something um, as you started off the top of the show and you did not know this was number three. (laughs) Harvest tools that maximate, uh, maximate. (laughs) We also make up new words here today on the podcast. (laughs) We're maximating. Y'all, we're tired. (laughs) Harvest tools that maximize value is received from the idea generating input. So what does that even mean, yeah. right? What so does it's that about even mean? taking a starter idea and turning them into ideas. And okay. it's exactly what Laura and I did. When we realized the value we could bring to others by helping them bring out the best in themselves and their companies, we had lots of options for getting that message out. But we chose podcasting because it's an efficient and effective way of doing that. It's also creative and iterative. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. We took this seed of an idea and said, we're going to harvest that. Sure, we could, be on, know, right? yes. we could be on digital streaming, uh-huh. we could have written a book, right? Mm-hmm. There were lots of things we could have done. But for us, mm-hmm. this was something that we could do quickly, efficiently. Mm-hmm. It was a good use of our strengths. So harvest tools. Nice. Number four, 
treatment tools. Treatment tools ground the creativity process by making the wild ideas, uh, making them fit into the real world constraints. Because at the end of the day, all of this good creative thinking has to be teed up for the strategic planning and the strategic implementation. Time, budget. Exactly. And those are, as they should be, a linear type of things. Mm -hmm. So it requires shaping and strengthening to fit within the company. Those of you who know me know that I'm a big fan of building on what works Mm -hmm. or the company's strengths. And so if your company, this is my example, not Dr. DeBona's, not Ms. DeHeacock, (laughs) mine is if your company is really good at decentralized decision-making and your leaders can clearly communicate a shared vision, then an acquisition strategy might be really good for your company. Sure. So you can have a wild idea. You can wow. do the remix on that and say, hey, you know, we're a painting company and we're going to acquire, I don't know, a shed company. Right. Right. And we're going to paint them crazy colors mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, those little, those plastic Adirondack chairs. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God, great colors <laughs> right. now. All, all sorts of colors, yep. right? Not them advocating plastic, but however, <laughs> um, so that's the, the type of thing where you could acquire the company. If you're the paint company, you could acquire a company mm-hmm. that makes this type of um, thing that we all think of as just being a wooden Adirondack right. chair. And basically they came in green, right? Or they were just stained. Mm-hmm. And now they're all different colors. Yeah. Um, but you have to be able to build on your strengths. And again, if you can't communicate a shared vision, you're not that acquisition isn't going to be as successful when you go to do the strategic implementation, which is integration. Yep. So just to recap, because that was a lot. Idea generation tools, always think. Mm-hmm. Nose, Nose, office copier, copier lavender scented alert. Focus tools. I love that printer also. Just FYI. Or that copier. <laughs> Focus tools. Go where people don't bother to go in go business. Go to the church to do that. Go wire. to the church. Yep. Make the shoe mm-hmm. that fits 60% of the people. Mm-hmm. Harvest tools. Take what you're doing that you have lots of options, but take that seed and say, what's the fastest, most direct route that we can do that using our strengths? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get a lot of lift that way. And the treatment tools is saying, and then how does it really fit within our organization? And what is our budget? And uh, what is our timeline? How mm-hmm. much runway do we have to do something like this? So again, not a problem solving tool. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're talking about here, it is a creative thinking tool. Yeah, yeah. And on the personal side of it, just remember when you're going down that negative thought pattern yes. and you're stressed and you're freaking out, what else could be possible? What is the wildest, most amazing thing that could be possible to happen? Because your brain's already going to the crazy place that they're all going to hate me and laugh me off the stage. Right. Why not go to the other crazy place if they're going to love you so much they're going right. to ask you to keynote the next big event? Because What else could be possible? You don't know. And the whole exercise is about getting out of the box and stretching your brain. Absolutely. And when this episode airs, I want to ask anyone and everyone who's done something like that, what's your craziest idea? What did you (gasps) tell us? Tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us, go to the website, go Go to to doing good business, go to our social media and let us know Mm -hmm. what was the craziest thing that you did. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn and on Twitter and on doinggoodbusiness.com. We've got a great little chatty chat form that you can send us. Yes. Tell us what the most outside the box thing you've done, whether it's in your business or as a leader or, Mm -hmm. you know, in your business life, in your career. Or even if you think you've got a solution, right? We're all quarterbacks to a certain extent. We all have a solution for something out there that's really just wild and different. You know, what do you want to fix? Tax code? I don't know. What what do you want to fix? Like for me, it was shoes. What's the great, right? Exactly. So what do you want? And for me, it's thinking because that's how I roll. But yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Excellent. Thank you all. Enjoy uh, the next two weeks of the live podcast event. And then we are going to wrap up our first season 
with an amazing guest. And that episode's going to be out towards the end of May. And uh, you'll hear a lot more about that soon. So have a great day. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business, designed to bring out the best in you and your company. We welcome your reviews and ratings and would love to hear from you. Send your comments, suggestions, and questions through our online form at doinggoodbusiness.com. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting for all of your coaching and talent acquisition needs and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you incorporate the social business paradigm into your company. Learn more about us and our respective services at the Doing Good Business website. Thanks again for listening and remember to expect good things from everything you do.